You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today we're very excited to have a special guest speaker with us. Now let's prepare our hearts as our special guest brings forth God's truth from His Word today. I love it when uh, the Lord speaks to us in a song. Isn't it great when you're listening to some godly music and the Lord speaks to you through that song and it just blesses your heart? or through your devotions, or through a time of prayer, or through a message. It's awesome to hear the Lord speak to us. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Obviously, the year is quickly coming to a close. So, we are going to be... We, it's taken this entire time to get up to verse 12. And we're going to be going through verses 12 through the end of the chapter tonight. So we are going to be zipping through it. Um, I obviously could extend it much longer, as you know, but we will wrap up this chapter tonight. Next week, um, I originally was, was felt the Lord leading me to speak on um, church membership, but I actually think I'm going to bump that back because the next chapter in... Uh, 1 Corinthians is chapter 13. For those of you that don't know, it's the love chapter. And um, it's just, it's so powerful understanding what chapter 13 means after the context of what comes in chapter 12. So I really felt the Lord today as I was studying to next week do, a, do one on chapter 13. And then we'll do uh, church membership after that. Just kind of what the Bible has to say about church membership. I just think that would be an appropriate lesson after talking about so much of the body of Christ, talking about what church membership is, what we believe that is from Scripture. But tonight we're going to be here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through verses 18. <clears throat> Hopefully we could get through the whole chapter. If not, we will be done with the chapter tonight. Um, but <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how that goes. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, the Bible says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. We talked about this last week. Uh, last week we unpacked more of the doctrinal um, principles and kind of the doctrinal teaching of the body of Christ. I hope the lesson last week made sense. It was kind of a heavy one to, to bring. or For me, it took me a lot to get my mind wrapped around it. I hope it was clear last week when we talked about it. Verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into the body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So we talked to so cool. You are in the body of Christ, and then Christ is in us so cool like literally everything we are is consumed with christ we are in christ and christ is also enough we've been all made to drink of the same spirit verse uh, 14 this is where we're going to be verses 14 through 18 here uh, in the next little bit for the body is not one member but many if the foot shall say because i am not the hand i am not of the body is it therefore not of the body, <laughs> just because it says it, does it mean that it's not part of the body? Uh, verse 16, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now it, ha 
excuse me, but now hath God set all the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, just thank you for this day today. Thank you for this night. Thank you for bringing us here. I pray, Father, just give me the words to say. Uh, uh, help the lesson tonight to make sense and to be clear and that I will do justice to your word and communicating what you have to teach us from this passage. And we just thank you for who you are and what you are. Pray all these things in your holy, precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me ask you this. Have you ever met somebody that loved to talk about themselves? Have you ever met somebody that loved to talk about themselves? I think we all know somebody like that. You know, <clears throat> this is one of the problems with growing up in this church and, you know, knowing everybody here. It really limits the amount of illustrations I could use <laughs> because I thought of so many illustrations today. I'm like, nope, they know that person. They know that person. They know that person. Uh, so, you know, people that get to go speak out, nobody knows the people or, you know, so definitely limits me. But as I was thinking about it, I remember there was this one guy uh, when we were growing up and um, I was never good at basketball. I never have been. Uh, but of course, you know, I played because that's what everybody wanted to do. And <clears throat> we had this one friend and, and, and I'm thinking of this one friend in particular that I had when, when I was younger and uh, didn't go to our church. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just, just laying that out. Um, but he always bragged about how good he was at basketball. Always bragged about it. Actually, he always bragged about everything. People that brag tend to do that. But I just remember him always talking about how good he was at basketball. And I was so nervous to play with him because I'm like, man, this guy's so good at basketball. I know he is because he's always telling us how good he is at basketball. This is when you're young and before you realize that just because people say something doesn't mean it's necessarily true. And I remember the first time I played basketball with him, I was like, I'm no, I'm not good at basketball, and I'm like as good as he is. I was like, what? What a joker. Um, so he wasn't. So have you ever known somebody like that? You know, they talked a big game or acting like they're so good or really talked themselves up, and then you come to find out, you're like, oh, no, <laughs> they're just like me. Um, but then on the other side, you got those people that actually have a lot of gifts and abilities, but like they're super insecure about them. And, uh, you know, they, they might be really good. You know, you hear them singing, you're like, whoa, you got an amazing voice. Why, why aren't you singing in church? It's like, no, 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 I can, never, I can never sing in front of people. Never do that. But, like, clearly you see God's gifted them with their voice, and, and they're not using it. I remember uh, <clears throat> seeing this uh, one young lady, and um, I don't, I'm not really sure exactly or remember what was happening, but I think a paper might have fallen out of her Bible or something. But anyways, there was a drawing on it. And it was really good. I was like, did you draw this? She's like, yeah, I just kind of sketch stuff out every now and then. Now, I do graphic design, and I've always thought about how much, I don't do it much anymore. I, I used to do it a lot more. But I always remember thinking about how much better I would be at graphic design if I could actually draw out with my hand. I can't. I usually use the computer and shapes and stuff and put them all together. So I told her, man, you really need to use this gift. This is a real talent. Not everybody can draw with their hands. This is, this is amazing. This looks really good. I'm not sure if she ever did anything with it or not, but she just kept telling me that it wasn't good and it didn't look good. And it's like, no, I clearly see you are gifted in drawing. You should really think about pursuing this in some way, shape, or form. You know, I think we all have these tendencies in our lives at, at times to, as the Bible would say, think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. 
and then also at times to be really insecure about the gifts and abilities God has given us. I don't think they're both mutually exclusive either. I think we can have both at the same time, be uh, puffed up about certain aspects of our lives and yet insecure about maybe some things that God has clearly gifted us in or, or given to us. Have you ever said something like this to yourself? I don't really have any gifts or I don't really have any way that I can contribute. You know, I see all these other people contributing and I just don't really feel like I, 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 I can't sing. I can't, you know, do this. I can't speak in front of people. I actually don't even like people, uh, you know? <laughs> and you're just, you're looking at the way other people are serving. You're like, you know, I don't, I can't do construction. I don't know anything about electronics or media. And, you know, so you're like, you're thinking that. Or, then those are, there's those other people on the other opposite side. There's those people that don't feel like they have anything to contribute. And then there are those other people that are like, oh, this is beneath me, right? Serving in the nursery, oh, I have so much more to offer than this. Or, you know, teaching a little kid's class, I should really be teaching adult Sunday school. I don't know, but you understand what I'm saying. Some people are insecure, just, I didn't do it. Then other people have more of a high view of themselves. Well, I think both issues are addressed here in this text. And let's look and see what Paul has to say about both of these struggles, both of these tensions, and these and for those that are struggling with insecurities, and then those that might think they're a little bit greater than they actually are. All right, um, I really hope we get through all this. Probably not, but let's go for it. Verse fourteen. Let's read through this again. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, "Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body," is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. <laughs> Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? And if the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased them. I just, I love that phrase. We're going to revisit it here. As it hath pleased them. And if they were all one member, where were the body? If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now are they many members, yet one body. Could you imagine, as I actually love this passage because I love illustrations, and really this is what Paul is doing, is he's giving a physical illustration to illustrate a spiritual truth. I, I think it's so cool. Um, but could you imagine, as Paul's going through this, this is the conversation your, your body's having with itself. <laughs> you know, your foot is sitting there, and, or, I don't know, do feet sit? Your foot's down there, and it's looking up at your hand, and it's thinking, oh, that guy gets all the fun. That guy, that guy gets to do all the best stuff. He gets to shoot the basketball. He gets to hold hands. He gets to, he gets to be the one that makes the, you know, the big deal's gone down, and he gets the last touch, the handshake that seals the deal. He gets to do all the greatest stuff, man. I'll be honest, my job stinks. I don't know if you guys are going to get that. My, my job stinks. Um, you know, like, what do I do? I'm just sitting here. I'm holding up the body. This is dumb. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. Could you imagine your foot, like, like your body having that conversation? Or your foot, like, obviously it doesn't. But, but literally, this is what Paul is saying when he's illustrating it to, to the body of Christ. This is literally what Paul is saying. In the church, some of the members who were less gifted felt like they were unimportant to the body of Christ. This literally, so this, as he's speaking to the church at Corinth, this is what he's communicating to them. Some in the church at Corinth were struggling with the same insecurities some people in this church struggle with. 
Some people at the church of Corinth were struggling with the exact same insecurities that, that members of every single church struggle with. Um, some were feeling less gifted than other members. Some were feeling less able. Some were feeling less capable, right? Like, I just don't have anything that I can really do, and everybody has, is able to do so much more than I am. Some were feeling less worthy. I really shouldn't be here. Let's be honest, none of us should really be here, right? We, I, I was thinking, that I'm like, we're all unworthy to be serving God. So, you know, get that one out of your mind because you're in good company. Some were feeling insufficient. Some were feeling inadequate, like I'm just not equipped to do this. And I think that's an insecurity that all of us struggle with at some time. But I'm here to tell you, these are lies from Satan, and he has effectively used these type of lies to keep a lot of people out of serving him in the church. The body is not one member, but many. Think about this. The body is not one significant member, right? We don't look at the body of Christ and think, oh, no, only if it's a significant role is it part of the body. That's not what Paul's saying. The body is not one significant or just a few significant members. The body is not one member, but many, many members. I noticed four observations from this passage here before we uh, bring it some, to some application, but four observations. One, each member clearly, in this passage, each member of the body is necessary. Each member of the body of Christ is necessary. Um, the foot may not be, I guess you could say, as gifted, and I use air quotes for that because clearly from this passage, it doesn't matter what gift you are exercising, they're all equally as important to God. Okay, so there are no better or worse, more important or less important gifts. But even though the foot may feel like it's not as gifted as the hand, at handling things, because the foot can't. The foot can't handle things. The foot has a different function. But the foot is still part of the body, and it moves the body forward. That's one of the functions. It holds the body up and moves the body forward. The ear might not be able to envision things like the eyes can, right? The eyes are able to see forward. They're able to see far. The ears don't do that. But the ears have a totally different function. They give us like understanding and they, they give us warning to things that are going on that the eyes can't see, letting us know someone's behind me, someone's to the side of me. They're able to hear things, really, really give a full picture of what's happening. Each member is necessary. Number two, so that's the first observation. Each member is necessary. Number two, each member has an essential function. Each member of the body of Christ, just like each member of our body, has an essential function. The eye and the ear and the nose, they all have their own functions in our body and in the body of Christ. Um, each one cannot do the function of the other, right? They, they, they just can't. Like Paul said here, the eye can't, you know, the ear can't, the eye, foot, but they all got their own function. They all got their own place. If the whole body were an if the I love what he says here because I'm just like thinking of this mental image. Like, it's so creepy. If the whole body were an eye, so just imagine, I'm just like a giant eyeball up here. That's literally the image he's giving, right? Just a giant eyeball up here. Would you guys be a little bit creeped out? A giant eyeball sitting up here just looking around at you. That would be super creepy, okay? That's the thing of nightmares, all right? If the whole body were an eye, it would be a freak. Okay, it would be a freak of nature. It would be totally 
unable to function. Uh, an eyeball can't just function by itself, all right? It's got to have the body in order to function. Um, there, would be, there would be no purpose of the eye without the whole of the body. So each member is necessary. Each member is essential for the function of the body because they all work together. Three, the third observation. Each member is set in the body, and I love, I, I just love this because it just, it just brings such a leveling to everything. But each member is set in the body at God's will. As God purposeth it, as God sees fit to do, God has set each member in the body. The eye sees, the, your eyes see because that's the way God created them and that's where God put them. Your hands move and they lift up things and they, you know, carve and they shoot basketballs and they type on typewriters and you're, they're able to do that because that's the way God made them and that's where God put them. That's where he put them in our body. Your immune system filters out toxins because that's the way God created it and that's where God put it, in your body. Now, we don't often think about the immune system, do we? It's not like we just walk around thinking about, oh, my immune system is doing good today. <laughs> we don't really think about that. But I tell you what, I sure was thinking about my immune system Sunday when I was uh, laying in bed all day. Um, you know, or, or, you know, like my, my mom is, her immune system is not functioning the way it's supposed to. I tell you what, you don't really think about your immune system, but when it's not functioning properly, you have, have all of a sudden realized how important your immune system is. And you are just taking vitamin C and zinc and trying to get that thing boosted back up. But each member is set in the body as God willed it. In the church, the members are set in the body as God wills. No, notice that in verse 18 it says, every one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them are set in the body. Every member has been set in the body in the church by God and gifted by God. And why have we been put here in this church? To do God's will. That, that's why God has put each and every one of us here. We are who we are, we are where we are, and we are gifted the way we are gifted because that is how God sought fit to do it. All right? So, number one, four observations from this passage. Each member is necessary. Number two, each member has an essential function and works together as the whole. Each member is set into the body by God's will. You are where you are by the will of God. And fourth, fourth observation from here is each member is distinct, but together they make up one body, right? And, and I know this is kind of stuff we've talked about, but this is what the passage is talking about again, so we're, we're going to go over it. Each member is distinct from the other, but all work together in one body. If only one member... If only one member were, were part of the body and only one member, you know, like think about a church and there was one member <laughs> at that church. I don't know if that's biblically possible, but he'd probably be a pretty big deal, wouldn't he? He would be the big shot of the church. He, he, he gets to do everything. He's the whole body of Christ right there. Like I said, I don't even think that you could, that could biblically happen, but he would be the big shot. But, but where would the church be? What could the church do if it was just one gifted person, right? The point is the church is not one or a few significant, important people, but the church is many members 
all equally significant to the role of the church. That's what Paul is trying to drill down here, all right? So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? My favorite part, application. What does this mean for us? The body of Christ, the church, it can only operate, the church, our church, every church, can only operate if enough members function as they are gifted to do by God. The church can only function as us, as church members, use our gifts and function according to the way God has gifted us. The church literally becomes handicapped when there are members of the church, and the more members that are not serving and, and not involved, the more, literally the more handicapped the church becomes. Could you get by your body with just like taking away a thumb? Could you get by with it? Yeah, it would be more difficult, but you could get by. Take away the thumb and the finger, you could still get by. But as you start getting rid of more and more and more, it starts becoming harder and harder for your body to function. All right? God, I'm telling you, God did not create the church or any of the members to not function as part of the body of Christ. That's, it's so clear from Scripture. Every part is important, and every part should be functioning. The more the members of the body, the church, of course, we're always talking about this in the context of the church, the more the body, the members of the body function and fun function effectively, the more the body can do. Okay? Think about this. Should a church of 50 be able to do more than a church of 25 if all the members are working together? I would hope so because there's more people serving can do more. Should a church of 100 be able to do more than a church of 50? Church of 200, more than a church of 100? Absolutely, as they are serving. But I'm here to tell you right now, a church of 100 people that are all exercising their gifts and they're using their gifts together for the furtherance of the gospel and Christ and using those. I'm telling you, they're going to be way more effective than a church of 500 where very few people are exercising their gifts. They are, because they're working together towards the same goal, moving forward. Each member, once again, is set in the body at God's will. You are here because God willed it to be so. I know, we, I know sometimes we don't really think about that, and we don't think, you know, I'm, I'm moving here, I've taken this job over here. Listen, that's why it's so important whenever you take a job or, or move or make any decision to make it inside the will of God. Because, you know, <laughs> we have the sovereign God who is moving all of these pieces at so many more areas than we could ever think of or fathom or have imagined. And sometimes God genuinely takes somebody out and moves them to another location, not just for work or things with their family, but also so that they can contribute to a body of Christ there. That's what God does. He takes you from one place, puts you in another, so you can help that specific church, that specific body of Christ. It's God's body, and he gets to move it as he will. There are no accidents that you are here at Fellowship Baptist Church. It's not an accident. It might have seemed random or it might have seemed like you know oh we're just looking for a church and this seems like a good one no there, there are not accidents that you are here you are here if god led you here for a very specific purpose by god god gets the right to move people from one place to another god also moves people like i said to new locations because he needs them in in different places i think about all the people that have moved from our church over the years there's been a lot and God has taken them out. And some of them, I'm telling you, some of them have left big holes when they left. 
left big holes, big voids that God obviously is sovereign. He fills those voids. But they, they left big holes. And you know, some people haven't. God gets the right to move us wherever he wills. You know, I was thinking, we're, my wife and I were watching this, something, I don't know, a political show or something, and, and this is what the administration, the people that work for the president, this is what they always say. We serve, we serve at the pleasure of the president, right? Think about an administration that serves the president. Um, they, always, they say all the time, we're here to serve at the pleasure of the president. Because if you're in the president's administration, you don't get the right to have your own agenda, right? You're serving the president. Your agenda should be the agenda of the president. Whatever the president wants is, is what you do. We serve at the pleasure of the president. We as Christians, that's the way we should be with God. We serve at the pleasure of God. If God wants to move us here, we move there. If God wants to take us here, he takes us here. God, you know, God has the right to move pastors, from location to location. Pastors occasionally move churches. And you know, different people have different thoughts and different feelings about that, but I'm here to tell you, God is God, okay? Pastors are simply God's servants. And if God chooses to move a pastor from one church to another, God has the right to do that, okay? Um, I was just at a youth pastor's fellowship up in Lansing, and we get together like, it was once a year, now we're getting together about twice a year once every six months at, at Chick-fil-A, amen, and uh, get together, have some fellowship. And one of them, had, they have a pastor, they're, they're a decent-sized church, I think like about our size, and their pastor is getting ready to leave the church. And there's no reason, he's just said, you know, my vision for the church has just dried up. It just has. He said, I, I can just tell I'm not, God just hasn't given, I don't know where the church needs to go, I don't know what it needs. He's not even that old. I think he might be in his like just around 50 years old, but he said, I just know God is moving me on. I just, he's just, I can just tell he's taking me. So they're, they're looking for a pastor right now. And of course, obviously they got candidates, but they're, they're just, the youth pastors is telling me about the process that they're going through and getting another pastor. And the pastor's not even sure exactly where he's going. He said, I might go into missions. I might go work at a Bible college. I really haven't gotten a clear direction of where God wants to take me. Does God get the right to move a pastor on and have somebody else come in and take his place. Absolutely. I think about another pastor that I know, and uh, this pastor, he's not, he's not that old either. I think he might be in his late 40s. Um, but he was pastoring a church. He, he planted this church, and this church is now, in his early years, he planted it. The church is running about 800, 850, and he just felt the Lord was moving him on. And he could, he's like, I can't explain it. I can't put my finger on it but I feel the Lord is moving me on. And it was just kind of a process. Of course, whenever a pastor is like, I feel like the Lord is, you know, something's going on. Of course, people are going to be like, oh, what's happening? Like, is it a moral failure? Is it this? Why would a pastor leave a church of 850? It doesn't make sense. But it wasn't. He just, I felt the Lord moving me on. And so he went from a thriving church that was blessed. Things were going great. And he moved to a church half the size, running about 400. Um, there, I, I believe they were like a million and a half dollars in debt. The Christian school had a horrible testimony in the community. They had a failing Bible college that was just dragging the church, like as far as finances, dragging the church down. And he left a thriving, healthy, 850-member church, go to a 400-member church that was, for all intents and purposes, a little bit in a disaster. 
Okay, we would think that wouldn't make sense, but guess what? That's what God chose to do. Sometimes God moves us from one place and he puts us in another place. Let me ask you this. If you left your church, if you left our church, would you leave a hole? Would there be a void left once you were gone? Would there be tears and sorrow at your departure because you're a functioning member of the body and our our body, we understand God is leading you on and we're happy and we're excited because we can tell, we know God's leading you on, but it's going to hurt without you here. We just want you to know that. Or would people hardly notice that you've left and that you're gone? You know, if people don't really notice when you're not at church, that says more about you than the church. It means you're not really engaged in what's going on here and with the members and and being part of the body and fellowship and and being engaged. Or worse yet, (laughs) if you were to leave, would the church be jumping for joy? (laughs) There have been people like that, in all honesty. It's like, they left, yay! Our body is free! Oh. This is the thing. I know every pastor can can relate with that. And how sad for the people that were part of the body that were dragging it down. That is a sad state to be in. You know, all of this, it depends on whether you are an active member serving in your body or serving the rest of the body. You know, when we leave, if we were to leave fellowship, um, it should leave a hole. I think of this passage in Philippians where Paul is getting ready to send Timothy to the church at at, at Philippi. And and let's see what Paul says here and kind of like how God moves from one place to another. Paul says here, I'll just read it for you. You don't have to turn there. Uh, Verse 19, he says, But I trust, Paul talking to the church at Philippi, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. So Paul has got Timothy. He's serving with him. He's working with him. And he's like, hey, I'm going to send Timothy to you. Verse 20, it says, for I have no man like-minded. Paul and Timothy, these guys, these guys were on the same page, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, Paul was Timothy's mentor. They served together. They worked together. They ministered together. They shared the gospel together. They went through trials together. These two guys loved each other in every spiritual sense of the word. For I have no man like-minded. All right? Like, no one. This guy, Timothy's my guy. Like, we're tight. Who will naturally care for your state. So obviously he was sending Timothy to minister to this church at, at Philippi. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ. So a lot of people out there, they have ulterior motives. They're manipulative. They have just wrong motives. And, and we know people are like that. First, the, in the last verse it says, But ye know the proof of him, he has a good testimony, ye know the proof of him, that as a son with a father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Once again, they loved each other, serving together. So think about it. Paul loved Timothy. They worked together. They were serving together. And I'm telling you, when you have somebody that is just, you serve alongside and you're both carrying, I mean, it's, think about like a plow and both oxen are carrying equal weight and they're, they're pulling together. They can do so much together, pulling. And when one to go down, that's, oh, that's so much more weight on the other one. So think about it. That's Paul. He's working with Timothy. And they had worked great together. They had been ministering together. But Paul knew that God was leading Timothy to go to this church at Philippi. God had a new purpose for Timothy. 
He was taking him from being a functioning part. And this was going to leave a hole in Paul's ministry, having Timothy go. He's leaving a functioning, serving, being willing to do all that. He was leaving a hole, but also filling a hole somewhere else. And that's what God has the right to do in our life. Leaving a void, yes, but he was also going to fill a void somewhere else. Once again, we are to be used however God sees fit. That's what we are. We are here to serve at the pleasure of God. Sometimes that means moving. Sometimes that means changing roles in the church, right? Sometimes that means going from one role in a church to another role in a church. Sometimes that means like Timothy, we might be serving in one ministry in the gospel and serving, you know, with a godly mentor. And then at another time, God has called us to go somewhere else. Sometimes that means working in the sound room. Sometimes that means singing in the choir. Sometimes that means leading the choir. As Ethan, God changed his role from being a choir member to leading the choir. And God changed that role for Ethan in our church. The members of the body are there. And this is another thing for the members of the body. Oh, there you are, Ethan. <laughs> I was looking for you up here. Man, I was going to say something mean about you, then I saw you back. Ah, okay, got to keep my mouth shut. The members of the body, listen, just think about it. The members of the body, just like the members of your body, are there to serve the whole of the body. Your hand is there to serve and to do what you want it to do. The feet are there to move you forward. You know, uh, your shoulders are there to help you pick up things that you want to pick up and you want to do. The members of the body are there to serve the body, just like the members of our body are there to serve our body. Your body works together to accomplish what you need to do, and the same principle applies to the church. And of course, that's the mission of Jesus Christ, foundationally sharing the gospel and discipling believers. Uh, of course, and I, I want to say this really quickly, talking about, we always are talking about this in the context of the local church. We'll, we'll talk about this more when it comes to church membership, what that means, but when we talk about functioning in the body of Christ, we're always, and if you look through the scriptures, whenever Paul's talking about it, it's always in the context of the local church that he's talking to, right? Paul's talking here to the church at Corinth. He's given all of this about the body of Christ, but he's talking about them applying that in their local church, okay? The members of our body, um, and listen, this is just really quickly, just wrapping this up. The members of the body, just like the members of our body, as we function, the members of the body should not seek recognition for the roles that they are functioning in. Now, I am a huge proponent of celebrating what people are doing and thanking people and showing honor where honor is due. And, and, and recognizing those, I think that is a, um, I think that's something we should all do. Um, thankfulness and, and showing gratefulness is literally the cheapest, most valuable thing you can do for someone, right? It literally costs nothing to tell them thank you and to show appreciation, and yet how valuable is it, right? It's the most valuable, cheapest, most valuable thing you can possibly do is show gratefulness. However, we should not seek recognition. We shouldn't, we shouldn't need that in order to function in the roles God has put us in. You know, I mean, imagine, well, anyways, I don't got time to expound on that, but I think you understand the context. Um, 
Matthew chapter 17, verses 7 through 10, it talks about that. Um, we're not, we're not going to dive into that. I had a whole part here about that, but I think you guys understand that. All right. Lastly, with the last three minutes, okay? Three minutes. We're going to look at what verses 21 through 23 says, because it literally says the exact opposite that the other verses say. So the other verses are all about parts of the body, parts of the church that don't feel like they're as worthy or feel more insignificant, or I don't really have anything to offer and I can't really do much. Now, verses 21 through 23 literally talk about the exact opposite. Here we go. Verse 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So, so literally, this is the exact opposite. Before, they were like, oh, well, I'm so unworthy because I'm not doing what they're doing. And now you have other parts of the body that are like, ha ha, I'm so much more important than you. You don't even do anything here. What, what, what are you really? Right? So literally the exact opposite mindset. Nay, much more those, verse 22, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. They're important. They're necessary. Now, this is crazy, guys. So let, let, let's read the next verse and see something that's really mind-blowing. All right? Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. So, like, as you look out, you're like, nah, they're not really a big deal. They're not really doing anything. You know, they're not really that important. They seem to be less honorable. Upon these we bestow more abundant honor. Literally, this is what Paul's saying. They seem less honorable. They're actually more honorable than the parts that we, as people, as God is looking at the body, he looks at those parts more honorably than the parts that, you know, than the people that are up on stage speaking or the people that are singing or, or playing music. We're all looking at them, and he's like, no. The people that you think are less honorable, they're actually more honorable. That's, that's literally what this is saying. And those members of the body which, you, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts, think you get that? Our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. So people are like, oh, I have an ugly face. <laughs> I don't really know, but, you know, the part that you're like, oh, that's ugly or oh, this or that. It's like, no, like literally the parts that you feel are the, what you would look at and you think that's the more ugly part, that's the most beautiful part. And the, the, the members that you think are the most like, oh, like they're no big deal. They're the most honorable. Now, I don't even, like, honestly, I don't totally understand all the context of this and i mean i, I think this could really be unpacked and, and really looked at but literally this is what he is saying those that you think are insignificant are not only significant but more significant it's awesome it's really really an incredible passage i got a whole thing here and wow like three pages just on that we don't have time to do it let's wrap this up here so here's the summary of the whole i, I feel like this is a summary of all that paul's trying to get at here Everybody's important, but not too important, <laughs> right? You're all important, but don't get a big head about it. That's literally the same. Every one of you are essential, but not too essential. You know, hold up, take it easy there. We're all here, and this is what I love. I, I think if we were to wrap this all up, we are all here because God willed it. You are where you are because God willed it for you to be there. You are in the church because God put you there, as this passage says, as it hath pleased him. 
God was looking down. He looked at Fellowship Baptist Church. And I just see Tim and Melinda back there. He took Tim and Melinda out of their church and goes, you know what? I'd actually prefer you guys to be over here in fellowship. So he had job happenings and, and things happen and buying houses and all these things to put them here. Um, I think of Stephanie, who was in our church. And God said, you know what, Stephanie? I'd actually rather have you in Mexico. God put her in Mexico. God moves us as he wills it. And, and listen, that's why it's so important. I mean, making a job change, moving any of those things, it's so important to seek God's will. Is this the direction you want me to take? Do you want me? Because God will be taking you from one place and putting you to fill a hole in another place. Now, I think this goes without saying that we all need to be active members of the church. It's just, I, I honestly don't know through this series how I could be, make this any more clear, or Paul can make it any more clear in this passage. Your body is meant to function together and every part of it has a function and it all needs to be functioning. So the members of a church all need to be engaged in their respective areas. Um, you know, um, God brought Brad and Robin to our church because he knew our church needed help in the area of cleaning, <laughs> right? And I'm telling you, they, they come into our church and this is what happens. They look around and they saw a need and they're like, they're like, this church, this church needs some help. <laughs> I think, I think we need to help this church out because they clearly need some help in the cleaning department, Right? Praise God for that. That's so cool that they are able to come in. I'm telling you what, I cleaned this church at one time, and I use that term clean loosely, all right? I've told you before, my wife said I don't clean, I pick up. I don't know what the difference is. If you can't see it, it's obviously not there. Uh, you know, there's, as long as you can see the floor, all right? <laughs> but that, that I, th I thought of you guys, like God took you, and he's like, you, you know what, fellowship needs some help in the cleaning department. Does, can God move someone because he knows a church needs help in the cleaning? Yes. Every part is essential. Every part is important. How is God asking you to serve the body of Christ? How is God speaking to your heart, maybe through this series? Uh, what is God speaking to you today? Are you part of the body? Are you a member? Are you actively engaged? Do you really know Christ as your own personal Savior? I think that's the biggest one we need to grapple with. Because even if you get plugged into the church and you start serving and you're not saved, I'm here to tell you, you're not part of the body of Christ. And it will be a very awkward function that you will be pursuing. You must know Christ as your own personal Savior and have that nailed down. And then you, are, you need to be a functioning member of the church for your own spiritual health and for the, the health of the whole. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening 
Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.